Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the CJ Cup 2020 from Shadow Creek. We're going to get right into the action, but we would like to thank our friends at holisticwellness.com. Listen, if you need a, a helping hand navigating daily challenges like suffering from a hangover, or maybe you're just stressed out, maybe you, ha- maybe you go play golf and you're kind of nervous, or you get kind of yippy, or whatever that, that, that may be, it can be tough. Holistic has a limited time offer to try their great water-soluble products for a great introductory price if you need help from all that stuff, okay? They're an emerging CBD brand that offer an array of water-soluble CBD wellness products in an easy-to-use stir stick that you can pop and pour into any of your favorite beverages, hot or cold. The CBD wellness at the core of each stick has a unique formula. The water-soluble helps it start to work fast. The five sticks differ from natural ingredients added to the stick to help stuff like sleep, stress, recover, beauty, digestion, We've been using them for a couple months now. If you go to holisticwellness.com, that's holistic with a K, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, and use promo code TJ25, you get 25% off your first order of all their CBD products. Great company, uh, great mission. They started from from uh, a great for a great reason, for a great cause, and they've supported the Tour Junkies podcast, and we appreciate it. So head over to holisticwellness.com, that's holistic with a K, Use promo code TJ25. We're going to get into the CJ Cup here in just a second. Uh, and hey, listen, I do want to apologize. The first 35 minutes, I did not realize that my microphone wasn't plugged in, so my computer mic was picking it up. It sounds kind of muffled, but I figure it out. It's a very pat move for me to have those technical difficulties, you know, but I had them, and it is what it is. We're going to talk about the CJ Cup for DFS, for golf betting, and then at the very end of the podcast, for those of you who care, the few of you that care, we recap the member guest that me and Pat just played in. Pat was ridiculous. Uh, so many stories, so little time. But we get into it. Thanks for downloading the show, despite it being the NFL season, when like most people just don't care. Enjoy the show. Here we go. Hey man, um, pretty cool we show up, you know, right off the member guest vibe, you know, trying to teammate, you know, team this thing that we show up in the same t-shirt tonight, you know? Yeah. We, we tell the people all the time that we don't talk about our picks beforehand. We also do not wardrobe script you know before the show but we're both wearing the the black tour junkies t-shirt which by the way people should go buy pat how many of those you got left you know uh let me look over there it it looks like uh seven or eight or so seven or eight okay yeah um yeah we should be we should be those should be flying off the shelves these are comfy tees man they're super comfy um so yeah hey man good to see you good to good to you know not see anyone else but but be talking to you uh, in a one-way conversation for the CJ Cup 2020. You've stumbled upon, potentially, the Tour Junkies podcast. We're the best. Uh, PJ Tour betting and DFS podcast on the streets. You know what I mean? There, there are many imposters. There are many who try. Yeah. yeah. Most fail. We're can the I, best. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Did you get a new chair? I did get a new chair. I, I was wondering how long it was going to take for you to notice. I got a new why, chair, man. Why didn't you tell me you got a new chair? Like, why don't I get a new chair? 
okay, want a new well, chair. It's with a, okay. Well, with this isn't welfare. Bag. It's not a welfare system. Like, and everybody just doesn't get something because somebody else got it. This is not a this is not a socialist system so far. I think no. Uh, I have been sitting on for the entire five years we've been doing the show. I've been sitting on a wood chair with uh, three throw pillows on top of the wood chair because I ain't got no I got that no acetal disease and then one one uh pillow in my lumbar because the the frame of the chair was actually metal mm. so I've been sitting on that and I finally said no I can't do this anymore so I bought this very it's just a gamer's chair that's all it is it's nothing fancy it's not a you know it's not a lazy boy or anything it's just a gamer's chair got some padding and I like it so it's a good looking uh you know, from what I can tell, seems comfortable. I mean, it's just a black chair, Pat. It's just a regular, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it just some looks people... like it has some good support around it, like which I need for my back. Well, yeah, um, maybe, uh, some people watching live on YouTube can super chat for, for Pat to get a chair. You can super chat to get Pat a chair or, um, whatever. All right. Uh, we're coming off the member guest. We're going to recap the member guest at the end of the show because a lot of, if we listen, let me tell you how this would go. If we started the show off recapping the member guest, we would get what would be the over under pat seven maybe we would get seven uh, DMs slash emails slash comments on social media from some you know some some person going I don't even care about your stupid member guest like nobody cares get to the pick sooner guys God un un unsubscribe. You know, we would get that. Yeah, so yeah, we would certainly get that. That's that's true. So we can't we can't do that. We're we're gonna we're, we and we have some stories. We have some stories <laughs> from ever? the member. I mean, there there was some weird stuff that happened at the member guest. All of it had everything to do with Pat. <laughs> so I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Also, Pat's viral video, uh, which is still super hot in the streets on Instagram. Uh, we are now, let's see, 24, 48, 72. What's after 72? 96. We are 96 hours out from posting Pat's uh, Dreams Challenge Fleetwood Mac style video on the golf course. And it is still getting tons of attention on Instagram. If you've not checked that out, you should do that now. Uh, but we won't talk about the member guests before it's time because I don't want people, I don't want people pissed off. You know, we can't have that. Got to stick to the golf, the main content. At the end of the show, we'll hit you with that. Um, but, you know, after last week, you probably don't even want to listen to us talk about the golf because our picks were an absolute disaster. <laughs> so you might – maybe you want to just forward to the member guests. And if you yeah. don't care all about that, then you should um, just turn the volume down real low so we get credit for the listen, let it keep playing, and go do something else. It was total carnage last week. I mean, the there DFS were a few tweets. good picks. There are a few good ones. I had Wolf. I had James Hahn, Zach yeah. Johnson. <laughs> yeah, we did have uh, – you know, somebody else tagged us on Twitter. They won a bunch of money. I think he turned $55 into 5000 And he said, shout out to whoever it was I heard give the Justin Suh pick, which which I know I mentioned Justin Suh on the podcast. He did, yeah. Um, which I'm sure maybe somebody else did too. But anyway, it was not great. It was not a great week for us. We own it is what it is. The betting card had a couple live ones going into the final round. They all crashed and burned. But long shot season, S S Z N. I need a T-shirt idea. 
somebody out there that, you know, I, I saw this and I love this. I, I got to say, I love this. I love the betting content that Barstool Sports puts out, aside from foreplay, because that's garbage. But the football stuff they do, the pardon my take stuff, it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, it's and they really have good. the new, uh, they have the new um, overs club or overs, overs only club or whatever. Betting the overs, it's like, that's like their thing. Very clever. Love it. I need something that's like that that hits me in that part of my body about my long shot love, long shot season. You know, I love the long shots in golf. I love this time of year because the long shots continue to eat, baby. I mean, Martin Laird, we talked about it last week on the show. We did say, you know, stronger field shows up here. We have had some shorter winners hit in the last couple years with Bryson Cantlay. But, this, you know, you had a Rod Pampling at 300 to 1 when, uh, when Vegas. You had, uh, you had another long uh, – Malnati? No, that was the week before. You had some other long shots. And Martin Laird comes out in a three-way playoff after choking it, damn near hitting a shank on 17, then an up and down out of this world for par, then basically sucking again on, on 18 to force himself into a playoff. And then just comes out and, and takes it, man. 250 to one. First time he'd won in the last seven years. You know, this is the season, man. People, golf bettors, if you're a casual better, casual golf follower, this is why you can't you, you can't just punt on the fall season just because it's football. <laughs> football. I'm a mindless creature. I'm gonna go bet on football. You can't do that. Like there is money to be made and lots of it. 250 to one Martin Laird, you know, 150 to one Hudson Swafford for us a couple weeks ago. There's some, there's some small names winning these tournaments at big numbers and there's people on them. It's, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. I was, I was happy to see Martin Laird win. Yeah. And you know, he's always a guy too that tends to pop for me in certain weeks. He did not this, this week, but um, I mean, now I will say this. I don't think this week is the same thing. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a week for the the bigger names, but we'll see. Now, you did, however, if you continue to read the free content on tourjunkies.com, you you would have read maybe our buddy Ash Morrison, our our resident European tour friend, uh, TJ contributor, uh, has been. He was the very first TJ contributor outside of me and Pat back in the day. He's a uh, resides in. Uh, England, I think right outside of London, and l- follows the European Tour extremely close, writes up an article just about every single week that the European Tour is in action. And in the last three out of four weeks, he has hit a bet on on our website, either a mm-hmm. first-round leader or an outright. Uh, he had another first-round – actually, I think it's all first-round leaders. Three first-round leaders in the last four weeks have been written up on Ash Morrison's free – right up on tourjunkies.com. I mean, you know, we put out four to five articles a week for free on the website. And if you've been tracking, you, you are up many units. Um, so be sure and check those out when they hit, they come out Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's good stuff, man. Congrats to Ash way to hit it again. I think he hit it with uh, Arnos Adri or Ardry Adri. I can't yeah. I always get his name messed up. He was like 80 to one. And I think he split it three ways, three or four ways. For first okay, round so, of the year. By the way, so, what is your uh, what's your 
your podcast juice tonight. I, I don't think oh, we, we even started. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, this is uh, some Wild Leap, uh, the, the, the local gold blonde ale. And in just mm. a minute, I will be switching to the Wild Leap uh, con- transcontinental IPA. Mm. It's one of my favorites. With all due respect to Wild Leap, uh, I gave them enough uh, pub this this weekend with the uh, with the video, so I'm going. I've got some Tito's tonight uh, with a little mixer in it. So so sorry, wow. Wild Leap. Well, you know, I gave you a lot of views on on Instagram, yeah. so I just I just wanted to go. Well, with you, some Tito's. you ran out of Wild Leap, so yeah. I mean, I ran out of it. Gotta, well, that was another reason. <laughs> that's another reason that I've got the Tito's. We drank plenty of it at the member guest, and that's why we don't have any more. Uh, outside of the carnage. That was uh, the DFS world. I, I got. I, I will say this. I will make an ex- one excuse for us. Uh, outside of the, our our bad, our picks were bad. But apparently, a lot of people's picks were bad because a lot of a lot of people sucked. There, there was like three percent six of six lineups across most DFS contests. Like twelve percent five of six. I mean, it was bad. So um, there was definitely carnage across the board. The other piece of carnage last week was our transition to Discord. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> hopefully, yeah, I, I do want to take just a second because this is an easy way for us to communicate to, to most of you. If you are not a Nut Hut member and you have no interest in being one, then you can check out for about the next maybe two minutes or just fast forward. If you are a Nut Hut member or are considering being a Nut Hut member, we did transition to the Discord uh, chat service. It's amazing. Once you're in, it has been so awesome. It's gotten nothing but rave reviews. I think most of the users are in. I think most of our members are in. Um, but I know that there was a lot of stuff going on. There was some chaos. We had to basically take the the member the membership plugin to our WordPress website. We had to take and transition it to some to another service that then tokenize your login on tj.com to give you access to the discord server and there was just a lot of stuff going on with that and we're still working through it if you are having trouble getting in please email us info at tourjunkies.com email us it's okay emails will get to you asap um we tried to get to as many people as we could before the, the chat kicked off on wednesday but it was a lot of fun the chat room has been way more active just i think throughout the week because it's so much easier the app on your phone is killer, and the whole experience is is great. Shout out to our buddy Anthony Charter for setting up an amazing Discord experience for us there. Um, really grateful to him. It's it's been awesome. Uh, by the way, he's also now writing a a recap article of the podcast on TourJunkies.com, so you can check that out too. But Anthony was a huge help. Um, all that to say is just you know, be patient with us. Forgive us. You know, we thought it was going to be, we were told it would be smoother. It wasn't. We're still trying to work the kinks out. But once you get in, it's really easy. And the app and Discord in and of itself is premium compared to what we had. Oh, it's so much better. And I mean, especially like, you know, these days, everybody's doing things from their phones. I mean, being able to have that app on your phone and just, you know, chat whenever you get a chance to, it's just so much easier. So, Yes, bear with us while we make this change. You know, you'll get you'll get logged in. It's the funniest thing though. Like, 
So how many times did somebody get in last week and you just like the first comment was, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they had traveled yeah. through, yeah. you know, just mountains and valleys and rivers and whatever else just to get to the discord. <laughs> but they finally got there. And when they got there, they were, they were just so joyous with, with, uh, we did have a ton of people talk about how much better it was. How much they enjoyed it. And we also had a lot of people say like, Holy crap, I'm going to be way less productive at work with this because it is so much easier. And the, the, the experience is so much better than the, the previous chat. It's making me want to be in it more. You want to be in it more. Others want to be in it more like, and there's so many sharp people in it. So if you want to join, check it out, go to tourjunkies.com, uh, $10 a month to, to have the premium chat. We got some really good, I mean, despite our crappy picks, we did get some really good caddy inside information last week on Wednesday about the golf course and something in particular that, you know, we didn't know ahead of time about how they were, how, what they had done to the course. Hadn't heard anybody talk about it before before Wednesday night. We got some late messages uh, from some caddies, shared that in the Nut Hut, and it definitely steered my picks. And I just picked the wrong people that fit that profile. But um, it, it is it, it's going to be a great thing. Um, w- by the way, we we haven't established this, but we need some sort of code word. We've talked about this before. We need a code word for Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, whatever, that is like that we that we deliver on a Wednesday if you're like half paying attention the code word for like we have we have good info we we just got some good intel from the caddies get in the nut hut and check it out because we don't really want to say on Twitter or Instagram like oh we got caddy inside information come on over here we don't want to get anybody in trouble um but but we when we get it we want to let people know what's in there so if you see anything that resembles a code word if you see something really strange on a Wednesday that's like alert you know chicken livers or i don't know just whatever weird chicken thing. livers how did that pop it is the first thing that for some reason i thought of the sanderson farms trophy for a second and then i just said chicken liver i don't know if you just see anything that makes no sense maybe that's what may just or if i just say hey code word then that just means get in yeah. there you know it just means go check something out we do also have this is the last thing i'll say about this we have to work on the video feature we're not aware that Discord caps the number of viewers in the uh, in the live video streaming service to 99 or 100. Or I think it was 99. I think it was 25, then it was 99. Uh, we're going to work on that. It may have to be somewhat of a workaround um, with the video streaming on YouTube and the chat on Discord. We'll figure that out, or we may just can the video and just do voice. I think we can do voice with a lot I more think people. It was- I think it was 25 on the video, but 99 could be in there. They just couldn't see video or something. Mm. Like that. I don't know. It was something weird, but okay. Um, anyway, we'll figure yeah, that out. We'll get, we'll get better at that also. That's why um, we're doing it in the fall. Cause like half of you don't give a rip. Cause yeah. all you can think about is your five, five way NFL parlay. That's going to pay you 40 to one. If you don't hit it or if you hit it, if you're not. Um, okay. I think that's all I got for announcements. Pat, you got anything else? No, I'm good. I think. We're going to get so many hate hate comments about the fact that it took us, you know, whatever, however long it took to get to the picks. How long have we been here? Like 15 minutes? Oh, God. We're, we're going to get, we're going to get oh, no. slammed. Um, all right. Talk to us about this beautiful golf course mm. that we have rarely seen in Shadow Creek host site for the CJ Cup. Yeah. So we are at the C- CJ Cup this week in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada? Nevada <laughs> at Shadow Creek, as you mentioned, which is a very exclusive club. Uh, they're just outside of uh, 
the city there. It is a uh, par 72 playing just over 7,500 yards. We last saw this course, if you remember, on TV for the Tiger Woods-Phil Mickelson match, which was, what was that, was that 2018 Thanksgiving? Yeah, right it's 2018. Yeah. Um, big match. Uh, it was a great course, and it's a beautiful course. We got 78 players, by the way, this week. No cut. So kind of just like a WGC event, we will not have a cut, so you don't have to worry about that. This is a Tom Fazio design. It is an immaculate course in fantastic condition. Uh, you know, some might say it's a desert oasis with, mm. with foliage and water and things like that that you might see in the great state of Georgia where we reside. And you know what? This uh, course is uh, kind of has Augusta National feel to it. That's what Fazio wanted to cre kind of create. You know, the greens here are bent grass greens. There's a lot of undulation, a lot of contours, not only on the greens, but also off the, into the fairways. But they're not really that difficult fairways to hit. The greens are kind of average size. You got four par fives this week. About you know, three of them are gettable. Um, I think par five scoring is something we're definitely going to want to look at. You got Bermuda grass fairways and rough. And if it's anything like the Bermuda grass rough that we just came off of at your home course, Champions Retreat, it can be a little bit difficult to say the least. Um, but I still think that, you know, with the elevation and everything else out there, you know, almost any player can, you know, you know, is, is in it unless it's just some, I don't know, whoever got in for some reason. Um, but I'm definitely looking at the bombers for sure. Great analysis. That's fantastic. I don't think it is going to, yeah, you like that? I don't yeah. think that it's going to play all that difficult at all. I still think they're going to score a lot this week. Um, I think that, you know, there, there are a decent amount of water hazards, about half the holes on this course. Water is in place. So that's something to look out for. As far as stats, now, you say great analysis and all that kind of stuff. But we don't, we don't have a whole lot on Shadow Creek. This is not a course that these guys play every single year. So I think that, and you go back to the Nut Hut, this is one of the reasons that like a, a week like this is where the Nut Hut comes in, you know, comes in play a lot. Because we're going to get caddy information from guys that we hear about, you know, on this course. When they get there, we're going to get more of that later in the week than we have right now. Because there's just not a whole lot of write-ups. If you're if you're gonna you know try to find a whole lot, it's it's kind of difficult right now. Other than just sort of the basics of this course, par 72, 7,500 yards, four par fives, that kind of stuff. Who designed it? It's immaculate. Whatever. I mean, all those stuff I just said is where you're you're gonna get that anywhere. It doesn't matter if you listen to us or whoever. But where you're not gonna get what you're not gonna get is what we're gonna get as far as caddy information and things like that later in the week when it comes to how this course is playing. Who it, whose style it fits, and things like that. So I think that's important to look out for. But right now, of course, I'm always looking at form. I like ball striking this week. I like distance this week. I like par five scoring. I mentioned that. Your past champs here, JT 2019, Brooks 2018, JT 2017. Doesn't matter because they were on Jeju Island in Korea somewhere playing the CJ Cup at the nine bridges course. It really has eight bridges with one metaphorical bridge. So it was a totally different spot. Doesn't matter. So there you go. That's the course breakdown for the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek. DB, what will you add? What little piece of information did you maybe find about the course that I didn't mention? Why do you use metaphorical in a sentence? That was good for you, bud. Um, I, I uh, actually 
let me let me say this because uh, every our, time, our buddy, by the way, I do the course breakdown. I feel like the the whatever you're looking at as far as what people are chatting it up is like gets like it height. It's like if there was like a, a spike, <laughs> like some sort of chart of people chatting, they all of a sudden go into that, and it's just it drives me up the wall because I can see your face. Yeah, well, How about they um, try to find a lot of information on Shadow Creek that costs like two grand to play or whatever. Well, it's five hundred, okay. but it takes forever to get out there. But anyway. Okay, um, we do have five caddies that are at Shadow Creek this week. We're excited to hear from them about what they think of the course for sure because we are all going to pontificate on what we think it's going to play like, as Pat said. Uh, and our buddy Marcus Griffin, uh, Nut Hutter and uh, TJ Nuthut League on DraftKings runner, figure-outer update guy, uh, did have a sharp thing on caddy info. That if you are a member of the Nut Hut, you can set notifications on the Discord Caddy Info channel so that you're, you just get a notification whenever something is added to the Caddy Info channel. Very, very sharp there, Marcus. That way we don't even have to, we don't have to tweet out a code word. You don't have to catch it. You can just have the notification. Beautiful. Hmm. That's good. Um, Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I, you're pretty good there. I think, I think it's a good course breakdown. I definitely think that this course is going to play pretty easy from the tee. I feel, I mean, I'm looking at strokes gained off the tee just in general, but I, I think it's more about the, the iron play, the approach play. You know, I've, I've read some things, larger undulating fast bent grass greens that feel like Augusta. Um, so to me, like being able to hit your irons and wedges on the proper tiers of these greens and being able to, you know, hit your targets, control your distance is going to be important. Yeah, maybe proximity. No, that's yeah. no, that's a terrible stat. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, remember it is at elevation. Ball's going to travel a little bit further, so the seventy-five hundred yards won't be quite, won't feel like seventy-five hundred for a lot of these players. But I do think it's still a longer course, and I love, I love the bombers still. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, we do know too that, and I'm going to say this like. Maybe th this got posted in the Nut Hut today, uh, but it was a picture. Uh, and I, maybe some Nut Hutters are going to be mad at me for sharing this, but I, this is actually already information I've seen today on the internet. So don't don't freak out. But uh, someone in the Nut Hut today posted a picture of the scorecard that is in the um, that is in Shadow Creek's clubhouse for the course record held by one Dustin Johnson. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a 65 that he fired from same yardage, basically um, play, played with Lane Gretzky that day, his whole, whole father-in-law and a couple other people I didn't recognize, but so DJ has the, the course record, obviously in a non PJ tour event, but something to think about there. And actually that's another reminder of uh, inside information delivered to the nut hut last week. That was not from a caddy, but we had someone local to Vegas who told us that on Wednesday's pro-am, Bryson shot a 59 and then that led a bunch of people in the had to put a first round leader bet on him and then he won first round leader yeah pretty baller what were the odds on that it had to be pretty short but I mean yeah I mean I think it was like, like 20 to 1 something like 16 that. to 1 or something 16 yeah to 1. um anyway so I, I like I'm looking at putting on bent grass par 5 scoring or DraftKings scoring no cut event right 78 man field no cut event Scoring, scoring, scoring in terms of DFS, make birdies, make eagles. To me, give me bombers over four days, guaranteed to play 16 par fives unless they withdraw. I think I did the math right there. Yes. Um, 
give me that. I, I, I like the I like the long hitters. It's a drivable par four on this course. Um, I, I think just being more of a, you know, kind of not resort style, but just it's in Vegas. Like it's kind of a destination place. I, I don't think it's going to be too difficult for these guys off the tee. Um, so I think drafting scoring is going to be a big deal for DFS. Um, I did look at that as well. You look like you have something to say. Uh, no, I don't think I do. Okay. I have picks to talk about, yeah. Let's talk about some picks then, bud. Uh, let's get into some picks here on DraftKings. We're going to start with uh, the 9K and above range. Now, I will say this. Like, I am not, especially with the bath that I took last week, I'm probably scaling back the bankroll in terms of DFS for this no-cut event. You know, it is a nice field. I'm going to watch it because I'll, I'm going to want to see Shadow Creek on display. But, you know, will I have a whole lot of DFS dollars out there? Probably not as much as normal. And, and I know there's some plenty of touts out there that are like, oh, th this is the best. I love these kind of weeks when everybody else says, don't play, you play. That's great. Great for you. You know, I, that, it's, I, think, it, I think it's honestly a little bit of a personal preference. I do think there's some logic to it. There's less variability. There's more duplicates out there. You know, it, it's, it's – uh, I think there's some of that, but I also think it's preference. And for me, I just prefer not to with, with some of these events. Now, betting these events, I almost think I'll be a little heavier on the betting card um, because I love this, like, mid-range, you know, these mid-range shots. I want to have a bunch of those on my outright card. Um, but, yeah, I just won't be doing the, the same bankroll for DFS. So 9K and above, three tournament plays or GPP plays, a cash play, and a fade is what we're going to give you. All right. Um, let's see. How do I want to start here? All right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about a guy, Pat. Let me, tell, let me tell you about a guy before I tell you his name. Okay? You tell me if you get it right. You ready? Mm -hmm. Don't cheat. Uh, top 10 in this field in approach play over the last 24 rounds. Top 30, strokes hanging off the tee and uh, DraftKings scoring over the last 24 rounds. He, uh, his, his most recent event, he missed the cut. Did you know that he has not missed two cuts in a row since 2016? And that following his last three missed cuts, he followed those events with no worse than a T21 finish. This fellow actually sucks at uh at putting overall but that bent grass he's not too bad on it's not his worst surface not his best surface but he's not too shabby and that in his last event on bent grass he gained wait for it seven and a half strokes putting seven and a half now the final little tidbit i'll give you that'll probably tip it tip it off for you is uh, I did say his last event was a miscut, but prior to that, he has gone 17th, 15th, 3rd, 29th, 22nd, 20th, miscut, 22nd, 21st, miscut since the restart. Do you know who I am talking about? I don't even have to, like, I literally, I don't even think I have to do enough thinking to feel like I know who you're talking about. You're talking about Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki Matsuyama. Yes, this, I knew it. This is a great spot to jump on, back on, 
Hideki. I am hoping and 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 wishing that you know people will be. Uh, he was twenty one percent owned at the Shriners on average. Um, I just I I'm hoping that people are going to be off of him. He lost strokes in every category, tee to green. I, why did I say seven and a half strokes putting? He gained two and a half strokes putting. My bad. Seven and a half would be ungodly. Um, he gained two and a half strokes putting on the bent grass surface last week at Shriners. That's insane. I mean, I, for, that's for good him. for him. Um, but he, there are just not events where he misses, where, where he loses strokes to the field off the tee and approach. It does not happen often. Happened last week. I think it's an anomaly. He's great at bouncing back off of missed cuts. It's been since 2016, Pat, that he's missed two in a row. I love catching him here. It's a four-day event. Hideki's going to be ready to go. He's going to score. Like I said, I mean, checks about. He is in the last 24 rounds. He is 23rd in this field in DraftKings points scored, 9,200 bucks. Now, I, I will say this: I am all in on the studs and duds approach this week, as I'm sure most people will be. Okay. Um, I don't love the middle range as much, and, and Hideki is really the only guy in the lower part of this range I'm going to have because moving up, I love Matt Wolf, who I think will be chalk this week, but it's chalk I'm eating. He is another GPP play for me as well as a cash play. Um, I, I just I, I love the way Matt's playing right now. I think he's going to fit the profile for this course, the scoring fest. Give me Matt Wolf eating up these par fives all week long. He's already been in Vegas a week, so – I mean, hell, and he finished runner-up. Like, he's sown his wild oats as a young man. Uh, we talked about him last week in particular. You know, handsome young single guy with money in Vegas. Like, geez, I'm scared. But he kept it together, um, kept it zipped up, and hopefully he's ready to play this week. So, I like Matt Wolf. And then, you know, I think I'll continue to uh, uh, to look at guys like DJ and Xander. Those are a couple names up there that are popping for me, too. I, I guess I'd rather have DJ. He's going to be chalky, too. I think a lot of people are going to avoid John Rahm. So if you want to, if you want to zig, not zag, I get it. For me, you know, it's hard to talk myself out of any of these guys really up top, but I prefer to go ahead and eat the chalk with DJ and Wolf and make it up somewhere else. Um, but Wolf is a cash play. I think I'd start uh, a cash lineup with Matt Wolf at 10K. I don't, I'd play Decky in cash too. Now, don't get me wrong. But my fade in this range is going to be Terrell Hatton. Coming off the win last week, I get it. Uh, and Terrell Hatton's been playing very, very well this entire year. He's been playing very, very well, okay? Uh, great player. He's obviously kind of put it up a notch in 2020, okay? But um, I don't know. Big events, you know, this is a big event. It's, you know, U.S. Open, he missed the cut. PGA, he missed the cut against some tough competition. And I just don't love, like, the travel, coming to Vegas, four-day guaranteed paycheck. I don't know. Like, I just don't love the the little extra, like, motivational factor or um, maybe fatigue factor for guys coming over from from Wentworth last week. I mean, I know, you know, it's, it's a cushy ride, but it's a golf course nobody's seen before in Shadow Creek, really. I don't, I don't love guys coming over from that. And bent grass is his worst surface by a mile. And we all know Terrell Hatton is a fantastic putter. That's where he makes a lot of strokes up is putting. He's not great off the tee. He's not great with his irons, but he's a really, really good putter. But he is insanely better putting on Bermuda and Poa 
over his career. He is very bad. Um, in fact, over his over the last hundred rounds, he's 43rd in this field in strokes gained putting on bent grass over his career. So, I'll fade Terrell Hatton. Okay, interesting here. Um, I'll start with that because Hatton was also my fade. So I'll I'll pivot off of that and give you a different fade uh, after I give my GPP plays. Uh, but I'll start with Rory. I think at 10-6, I like him this week. I think we might get him a little bit lower owned. You know, he's had the baby and everything. Everything's behind him. No cut, so no real pressure on him. Um, you know, I think I think Rory could make for a good play. You know, he's definitely long off the tee. Um, you know, he's he's pretty much going to check every box that, that you can imagine for this, this type course and for, you know, and for this event. So I, I like him there. Um, Again, I'll be interested to see where his ownership is, but at 10-6, I think that's a good price for him. And as I mentioned, I just think there's not a whole lot of pressure for him to really do that great this week. And, you know, in, in that atmosphere, I like him even more. So I will play some Rory um, here at 10-6. I'm with you on Matthew Wolf. He was my other GPP play uh, for all the same reasons that you said. So I will play him in tournaments. My cash play was actually Xander. Um, I just think you know, for you know, I like that price better than Wolf, you know, at well, I don't want to say I like the price better, but I just like Xander a little more in cash. I just think he's he's got maybe a little bit more upside and he's he's just kind of a safer play, regardless of whether or not it's no cut. So I like some Xander this week as well in cash. My other GPP play is Victor Hoblin down at the bottom at nine thousand. Everybody's forgetting about Victor Hoblin. He's it's not like he's played all that bad as far as his recent form. I mean, you look at it, he was, you know, T13 at the U.S. Open, you know, you know, 20th at Tour Championship. I know there's only 30 guys there, but still. Victor Hoblin is still a very good player who can win an event like this. Now, is Victor going to go haywire worry, his first week in Vegas? That's what I was about to say. Like, Victor oh, yeah. Hoblin could have, like, a Vegas risk. Like, he has, you know – he has that Vegas risk behind him. Like, we don't know what could happen there. But maybe that draws his ownership – like, drives his ownership down a little bit. I don't, I don't know. But I don't think he's going to be particularly high-owned there at 9,000. So, I like him as a GPP play. Who do you think – who do you think would pull more chicks in Vegas on a night out? You know, it's a competition or it's or it's just – maybe it's a week-long thing. Like, who pulls more in Vegas, Hovland or Wolf? I think Wolf, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I think Hovland. I'm going to tell you why after you tell okay. me why. So, we if you watch Wolf and you have, the guy talks like crazy. Like he see, that's why I think he's not going to make it happen. No, but he'll talk. Even and a he'll woman like, would tell him to shut up. No, but I think he he talks so much that he's not like he's not realizing that he's also not drinking and stuff there. So there's like a drink there and he's not drinking himself out of it. Whereas like I think Hovland drinks himself out of it. Like, I think he's probably, like, sitting there. He's so laid back, and he's just sitting there and drinking, and he doesn't stand up. So what happens when you don't stand up, like, I have experience with this. If you don't stand up for, like, two hours and you've been drinking the whole time. <laughs> you don't stand up. Eventually. You, like, 100? Eventually, you're going to just pass out, and you're done, and, you, and you, you're, you're out. You're done. Like, you, 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 there's nothing less you – left you can do because you passed out so I think Wolf like keeps it together longer than Hovland does and so that's why I think Matthew Wolf is going to pull more I think I think he's going to have you know he's going to be a winner in that department like Hovland's just going to like be out of it 
something. Okay, first of all, I just realized that I never plugged my mic in. So for this whole podcast, the sound has been going through my computer. So I apologize to everybody there. Hopefully this is better. Um, never done that before. So here we go. Let me. Sounds like Victor something Ho- I would do. Victor Hovland, the talking thing is going to work totally outside of Matt's fa- favor here. There is not a, a wife wants you to talk more. Okay. Some, some floozy in Vegas does not want you to talk. Okay. As much, as much. And he will talk like Matt Wolf could talk his way into it. And then very shortly talk his way right out of it because he can't stop talking. And here's what Victor has going for him. Victor has, first of all, he's not from here. He's from Norway. So he's got a slight accent and he can say he's from Norway and he's got like those rosy cheeks kind of, and like kind of that all shucks kind of vibe to him. And he, you know, I don't think, I don't think the, the alcohol would be a problem. I think it would be, I think weed would be his thing, but it would work in his favor. He'd be very laid back, very calm, cool, collected, you know, just rosy cheek Norwegian kid. Are you kidding me? He would, he would, he would boat race Matt Wolf in this competition. Anyway, I think he would pass out and be done. But anyway, Hovland. So, there you go. My fade, since you took Hatton, I will go with Morikawa. We just haven't seen a whole – I mean, he's missed his last two cuts. Now, granted, that was the U.S. Open, which was very difficult. But he missed the cut last week at the Shriners. Maybe he bounces back. You get a little bit better ownership on him. I, I understand that. But he hasn't putted well in three of his last five events. He lost three strokes putting, I believe. I'm right, last week at the Shriners. Yeah, lost three over three strokes putting last week. I just think that um, maybe we've seen the end of, you know, his, you know, I, I don't want to say run because that's – I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, like, maybe he's hitting a little bit of a dry spell. I know what a dry spell looks like, believe me. Yeah. I've seen it. And I think like we could be getting just a little bit of a dry spell out of Morikawa. Maybe he's not quite as interested. He won the freaking PGA Championship. I mean, you know, he's he's done everything he needed to do this season. So maybe he's kind of checking out a little bit here in the fall. Just just a little, my theory. I could be wrong. But uh, and and look, if I get Morikawa really low owned, then I'm definitely going to play him. But right now, I think he could be a fade candidate at 9,500. So I will not play him. So there you go. We didn't talk about Brooks at all. He's back. I'm out. I but mean, I'm out on him. Yeah. The knee, the hip, the all that. I mean, why not show up and give it a shot at a no-cut event in Vegas? You know, him and Jenna can do whatever. Um, and, I mean, why, why not do it? So, But I, I would definitely love to wait and see. I think – I think there's so many good names up here that, that you'll have a little bit of a dip in ownership just because you can't play them all. That even even if you think, oh, I'll get the ownership leverage on him, you're, you're going to still get some ownership leverage on another great player up there too. That I'm not I'm not worried about messing with it. Yeah, and that's totally a play. You know, if, if people say, well, you know, I'm going to play this guy up here because of the ownership in DFS, that's definitely a, vi- a viable play for sure. There, there's a lot of good names up here near the top. Pick your player, plant your flag, but you can't play all of them. Just don't. So know that. All right, let's move to the AK range. Two players in tournaments, a cash play and a fade. Um, all right, I'll start with my fade. This is where I got the seven and a half number from because I wrote it down here, but then I looked at, okay. 
Ricky Fowler lost seven and a half strokes on approach last week. And I have written down here, uh, wow. That's what I have. Just wow. That is <laughs> that's, that's what I have, actually. That is a lot of strokes for Ricky with irons over two, over, over two days. Um, that's just a lot. So I, I, I'm not trusting the ball striking with Rick right now. I know he's working on it. I hope he gets it figured out. But man, like it, it's not it's not pretty out there right now. And he's you know um, he's a name down there, eighty one hundred. And I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. But I, I just I, I think you be you'd be ill advised to play Ricky. Um, <clears throat> all right, I'm going to go my cash play, and I, I definitely love him in tournaments. Is Louis who stays in again? Kill me if you're tired of hearing this, but, I mean, give me a break. I've been talking about him for weeks as he's gone on to finish 19th, 3rd, 25th, 13th, and 33rd, his last five events. And the ownership continues to not – to, like, barely do anything. Like, he was 7% at the PGA, 8% at the Northern Trust, 6% at the BMW. He got up to 18% at the U.S. Open, 12.5% last week at the Shriners. He's just ball striking – you know, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it all right now. Love Louie. You know, I, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't play Louie. So I'm in on him for, for my tournament plays. I'm going to give you two guys that missed the cut last week, similar to Hideki, Scotty Scheffler, Harris English. And I think there's going to be plenty of names, pl plenty of touts out there. They're going to tell you to get on these guys as well. I don't think I'm going to be the only one doing this. That'd be crazy. These guys have been playing too well too often to you know have everybody jump ship because of one bad week but uh Scheffler first of all you know I, I love the 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 no cut four rounds four par fives score short par four I love that for him um he, he's had a couple of really tough weeks with the irons uh since coming back from from COVID at the U.S. Open all that kind of thing he came back from COVID and you know said he was rusty in a press conference uh, before the Sanderson Farms, and then proceeded to lose three and a half strokes with his irons. And then the next week, yes, last week for the Shriners, he did cut that in half. He only lost 1.7 with his irons, okay? He cut it in half. He's still killer off the tee. Um, you know, so so he's putting it together. I think he's shaking a little rust off, but I, I still like Scotty a lot from a scoring standpoint. And then Harris English, you know, what can you say? Like, the guy's been as solid as anyone just about on planet Earth since the restart. And he finally has a miscut, you know, like what, what's going to, what are you going to do? He, he lost strokes putting. He lost a, a stroke and a half putting and over a stroke around the greens, which I mean, the last time both of those things happened that he lost strokes putting and around the green was in April of 19 at the Valero, Texas open. It just, it doesn't happen a whole lot for Harris English. I don't think it's going to happen again. He, you know, he's a, he's a very solid bent grass putter. In fact, he's third in this field over the last 100 rounds in putting on bent grass. And prior to the Shriners miscut, he's coming off a fourth at the U.S. Open. You know, good, good showing at Eastlake, 40th at BMW on a difficult track, second at the Northern Trust. I mean, he's just been racking up top 20s and top 25 since the restart. I think you jump back on him. Don't be scared. Play Harris English. So there you go. You took a break during that, and I got to go get another beer. So hit was me that, with your. Was that your tournament play? Like, give me a quick before you go. Tournament plays were English and Scheffler. Uh, Cash was Louie. Fade was Ricky. Okay. 
All right. Well, we can agree on that with Fowler. He was actually my fade as well. So now we're a two cat. We're we're two categories in here, and we both have the same fade. But I do think Ricky is maybe a little bit of an easy choice. But I do like fading him this week. I just his game is just it's not there. I wrote him up in the fantasy golf sommelier, hoping that maybe I might be, you know, I might catch fire one week with him. But it's just not working with with old Ricky. So I will fade him as well. My first GPP play is Sung J.M. I like him at 8,700. I mean, you look at the form lately. I mean, he's, you know, he's getting it back. I mean, he, he kind of had a bad, you know, stretch in the summer. Finished T13 last week at the Shriners, T28 at Sanderson Farms. Had the, uh, you know, was 22nd at the U.S. Open, 11th at the Tour Championship. So, the consistency, you know, the good play is coming back. You look at his stats, you know, he's checking the box in. Ball striking, he's top 10 in the field. Strokes gained off the tee, top 10 in the field. Par 5 scoring, he's six in the field. Opportunities gained, so a scoring stat right there. He is 12th in the field. Driving distance, top 25, proximity. All the things, I mean, he literally checks every single box. So I like Sun JM a lot this week at 8,700. I will play him also as my cash play as well. And then another guy that I like in tournaments is someone we saw – that's not going to really check a ton of boxes when you look at the stats outside of maybe putting on bent grass where he checks the box there. Also strokes gained off the tee, but Abraham answer at 8,200. I like a lot this week. We saw him have a good finish last week. Uh, I think this is a good course for him. His caddy's from Vegas and lives in Vegas. So probably has a little bit of a experience factor here with shadow Creek. So I like Abraham answer as a tournament play at 8,200. So there you go, quick and easy. DB, that that uh brew there looks pretty good. Nothing like a, a nice cold wild leap IPA and a frosted mug. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, very good. All right, uh, let's get into seven K, Pat. Uh, before yeah. we do, we'd like to thank our friends at Fantasy National Golf Club, uh, the best spot for PJ Tour and now Corn Ferry stats lineup optimizers, ownership projections, all that fun stuff. If you bet on golf or play daily fantasy golf, head over to fantasynational.com slash TJ, or whenever you sign up, put in the promo code tour junkies, tell them you heard from, you heard about them from the tour junkies and you get 20% off any membership level that you pick. They have weekly memberships, monthly or annual memberships. And then even if you change the membership plan, if you go from weekly to annually, for example, you still get the 20% off for as long as you're a member because you told him the tour junkie sent you. We've been with fantasy national for over three years now, love them. And that's where all this information, all the data, all the stats, all that comes from fantasy national. Check them out. All right. Seven K let's try to move through this three tournament plays, a cash play and a fade. Um, all right. I will give you, let me get to it. Uh, all right. Because of the way I'm going to build a lot of lineups, which is going to be, Studs and duds. I don't have a whole lot above 7,400. I just don't. So an easy fade for me is going to be a guy who's Mr. Inconsistent. And I like him, and he should fit this course, but he just he's inconsistent, and that's Gary Woodland. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't love Gary. He's got uh, – you know, he came out from the restart and, you know, did okay. You know, he had a ninth-place finish at the Charles Schwab then a 62nd, then a missed cut, then a fifth at the workday. 
and then a 22nd, and then it's basically been garbage since then. So um, I, I just don't see Gary checking a whole lot of boxes. He, you know, he, he actually, for, for being a bomber, he's 45th in this field out of 78 in DraftKings points scored. That's not what you want. Gary's going to par the place to death. Forget it. So he's my fade. My cash play is a guy that I, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I, I made fun of you. I made fun of you last week. I will eat my crow here on his way to finishing 13th because he is putting the doo-doo out of the ball. And that is Brian Harmon, little, little mm-hmm. cock bite. Little Cockbite, who uh, is what, what our friend Brendan Todd told us uh, that his nickname was at University of Georgia. Well, Cockbite rolls the rock. I mean, seven strokes putting last week on a surface that is historically over his career, his worst surface in bent grass. Seven strokes. You know, and, and plenty of people can go, oh, putting's very variable. It, it is, and it could leave him. But, I mean, he's been putting the eyes out of it for the last – since for his last, like, seven tournaments. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's a safe play. I feel like a guy like Brian Harmon comes into an event like this with a lot of motivation, wanting to prove himself, wanting to compete against a big name in a big field in tournament in a tournament that he doesn't get in very often. I mean, you got to finish top 60 in the FedEx Cup to get into this or have a sponsor's exemption. Brian Harmon's never going to get a sponsor's exemption to the CJ Cup. So he earned his way into this thing. And you kind of got to feel like guys like that, I feel like play with a little extra. There's guys in this field that are going to play in this thing every year till the cows come home because they're the best in the world. And, you know, it's Vegas and, like, who knows what can happen, right? But there are other guys in this field that I feel like really know they come into this and they, they, it's a rare opportunity to play in this no-cut event, get some points, play well, um, and compete against some of the best in the world. So Harmon falls in that category for me. And I'll go ahead and, and own it. I did not want to play him last week. Um, all right. So my tournament plays, I'm going to go down the bottom because this is what I like. I like, I like playing down here in the, in the, in the bottom of the barrel here. Seven K Jason Kokrak. Um, wasn't on it for the Shriners last week and it turned out to be a good fade. Exactly. I was just about to say that we weren't on for the Shriners, missed the cut, but you know, first event coming back after the U S open almost a month off. He was just a little rusty off the tee. Normally is always gaining strokes off the tee. He, he lost a third of a stroke off the tee last week, which is very rare for Jason Kokrak. The last time he has lost a third of a stroke or more, just 0.3, okay? 0.3. The last time in a PGA Tour event he has lost 0.3 strokes off the tee was in June of 2019. It's been over a year. Like, that. that's not going to happen for Kokrak again. He, he actually putted and chipped basically his average, and then he hit his irons, basically his average. He just didn't do his thing off the tee, but he will, and he has been. 17th at the U.S. Open, 6th at the BMW, 13th at the Northern Trust, 15th at the Wyndham. Like, Kokrak's a, a dude. You know, he's, he's been playing really, really well. So, I love Kokrak in tournaments, and he may be a little chalky for down here, but I, I, still, I still like where he's at. Um, then I'm going to go with my boy. I've been riding him, Siwoo Kim, 7,100. The reason I love Siwoo Kim is it's a no-cut event, and his scoring matters. He is fourth. I keep telling people this. Every week I've been saying this. He's a scorer. He's aggressive. Yes, he could totally tank your lineups, but not this week unless he withdraws. Even if, if he plays all four rounds and he finishes DFL, I guarantee you he will not finish DFL in DraftKings scoring. Like He's a scorer. He's fourth in this field over the last 24 in DraftKings points scored, 28th in par five scoring, 19th in strokes gained off the tee. Coming off an eighth-place finish at the Shriners. 
Guess what his best putting surface is over his PGA Tour career? Bent grass. Love Siwoo. I'm going to keep riding it. I'm going to bet him, too. I'll just go ahead and, and spoil that as well. Finally, it's tough not to play Bubba Watson. at $7,300, considering, you know, Bomber's course, green similar to Augusta, you know, four par fives. And Bubba's, you know, been playing okay. He's, he's been playing okay. 31st at the U.S. Open, 16th at Olympia Fields, 18th at the Northern Trust. You know, all, all great events. He's been playing pretty good. I'm a little worried about the rust with Bubba. And despite his incredible record at Augusta National, historically, he's, you know, over his career, he's not good on bent. But 7,300 in a no-cut event for Bubba with four par fives, distance being a factor for me, that's a really good price. I'll take Bubba. Very shots that you had, Bubba. I don't know why, but I just didn't think you would. I, like Bubba. I have him as well as one of my tournament plays for all the same reasons. You know, Bubba plays good on courses too like this. You know, it has a gust of feel to it. Everyone talks about that with this course. Um, I think, you know, there are some dog legs on this this course that will pay, play to his advantage in his shot shape. And um, so I think that uh, – I think Bubba makes a lot of sense. I like the price at 7300 you know, you look at his putting on bent over the last 100 rounds, it hasn't been all that great. But, you know, it, it tends to be one that he's comfortable when it's fast and a lot of speed and contouring and that kind of stuff. So just you don't always get bent grass greens that are on, on you know, courses or, you know, like this, where it's there, you know, there's so much slope and things like that, which I think he likes and he's creative around. So I like Bubba as well. He will be one of my tournament plays. My other tournament play is your fate, and this is a uh, this is a gut play for me, but it's Gary Woodland. I think actually he could have a good mm. week this week. Um, I know we haven't seen him play all that well lately, but you look at the scoring stats, he's 13th in the field in opportunities gained. You know, he obviously hits it a long way off the tee. That's going to be an advantage for him. He's 13th in the field in par five scoring. Checks the box in approach as well. I think, I think Woodland at 7,700 is definitely going to have uh, low ownership because I think a lot of people are going to fade him like you are. And I think that um, that could end up being a mistake. And you could get a, you could get a very low-owned Gary Woodland this week at 7,700, and I want to be a part of that. So I will play some Gary Woodland this week. My other GPP play is Sebastian Munoz at 7,000. Oh, I mean, man. it's 7, just 000. the guy's been so damn consistent, you know, checks boxes you know you look at opportunities gained off the tee his ball striking everything the form all of that Sebastian Munoz is doing a great job there so I like him at 7,000 he will be another tournament play another guy that I think could be a tournament or a cash play but I'll just put him in the cash slot is Joaquin Neiman at 7,500 he's been in fantastic form I feel like his time is just coming I mean it's like it's he's got to get a victory in here at some point I mean he's won Pat no, I know, but I mean, like, he's got to get another victory because it's been a while for him. Like, I think he should have more victories than he's had at this point. I mean, you know, before the Colin Morikawa's and the Matthew Wolfs, it was Joaquin Neiman, and he kind of got left in the dust by those guys and Victor Hovland and whatever else. But I think he's just as talented and, and can win a lot on this on this tour. And so I like Neiman, you know. He Believe it or not, he won a year ago. It just feels like a long time ago. He, well, maybe he, it just feels like a long time He could have won the BMW, but – yeah. But anyway, 13th mm. off the tee. He's second in driving distance. He's 20th in putting on uh, Ben Grass Green. So I like Neiman at 7,500. And then my fade is, and this is, this is kind of a, you know, 
it's this is definitely a cop out fade, but I I just I can't play Justin Rose at seventy eight hundred. I think people might be wanting to play him though. I'm actually point. shocked like, you don't want to play him. I, he, he like you see Justin Rose at seventy eight hundred, and you're like, damn, I gotta play I gotta play Justin Rose at seventy eight hundred. But he's just he's not. I mean, stat wise, it's not too bad. But you know, as far as his tournament play, that's been bad. I mean, just when he's been in tournaments. He's not really doing a whole lot, and I'm not going to play him at 7,800. So, he will be my fade this week in this category. So, there you go. All right, 6K real quick. I'll give you four names I like. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to give you three names I like, one name I love. Three names I like. Uh, I like Corey Connors. Um, Corey has, has kind of hurt us a little bit in the last couple weeks. Um, you know, we get some info on Corey. Sometimes – it happens the way the info says, and sometimes it doesn't. But I love the ball striking ability and that I don't have to sweat him missing the freaking cut on the number with a stupid putt that he misses on the 36th hole. Um, I love that. And the ball striking capability is there. And this, I think, I believe Corey Connors actually gives, actually has win equity here. You know, a lot of names here do. There are a lot of names that do. But I think Corey, Con- Corey Connors does have win equity and definitely has top 10 upside, even in this field at 6,900. Call me crazy. A guy who I almost mentioned last week, and I just could not bring myself to do it, and, he's, and he finished T24, is Cam Smith. Like, all of a sudden, and I say all of a sudden, I guess it hasn't been that all of a sudden, but it feels like it's been all of a sudden. Cam Smith is playing well again because he was pretty it. bad. He was pretty uh-huh. bad. And uh, but but 18th at the Northern Trust, 20th BMW, 38th at the U.S. Open, 24th at the Shriners. Nothing crazy, but the the approach play, the short game is kind of coming back for him a little bit. He's always been a really solid short game player. I, I don't know, like it's an interesting name down there. It, again, in a no cut event that I think has some upside to to have a great week and 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 do well. Um, the player that I love is Mackenzie Hughes. And I, I feel like Mackenzie Hughes is going to be pretty popular down here, maybe 10%, which is popular for a 6K guy. His best surface is not bent grass, which which worries me a little bit. But he's a bomber, uh, hits a long way, plenty plenty good form. I mean, his form is, is pretty spectacular for a guy down here. He's seventh in the field in, D, in uh, DraftKings points scored, eighth in par five on strokes game par five. I, I, I love Hughes here coming off a third at Corrales that he should have won or could have won. Uh, 10th at the BMW, 13th at the Northern Trust, played okay at the Tour Championship. I love Mackenzie Hughes at 68. But then if I got to go all the way to the bottom of the barrel, like you are playing a major studs and duds stack, why not play Tom Hoagie at 6,100 bucks? Don't say it, damn it. He's going to be like 4% owned. But Mm. Hoagie, man, Hoagie's hitting the ball solid right now. Solid finishes, you know, not in a field like this, but in a no cut. I mean, he, and similar to what I said about Brian Harmon, a guy like Hoagie shows up here and he's like, I mean business. You know what I mean? Like he has to take advantage of events like this because he doesn't get into them often. These, you know, invite only, no cut, short man kind of deals, you know, short field events. That wasn't a Brian Harmon joke, but a short field event. <laughs> like he's got to take advantage of these things. And his irons are on point right now, four strokes, gained on approach 3.3 at the Sanderson the week before like his irons are on right now 
I think Hoagie is an interesting play at a super cheap price that you can fit in a couple of those studs and get him for four rounds, and, and maybe he scores a little bit. I mean, in the 78-man field that we're looking at here, he's 39th in DraftKings points scored over the last 24 rounds, 37th in par-5 scoring. Like, that's pretty good for a guy at basically almost min price. So, Hoagie for me, too. Wow. All right. So you actually started every single category and Oh, my bad. That really threw me off because you know, we try to nail down our picks and you talked about a lot of mine. So Cam Smith was a guy I was kinda of a little surprised you had him. He was somebody I had down here at sixty eight hundred for all the reasons that you said. I like him as well. Tom Hoagie was my cheapest guy at sixty one hundred. So appreciate you there. And then the other other guy that I will mention that you did not talk about was Adam Long at 6,600. I think he makes a lot of sense this week. Um, now, look, he didn't make the cut at the Sanderson Farm, which was his last start, but he was fifth at the Corrales uh, back a few weeks ago, had a top 15, kind of a sneaky top 15 finish at the U.S. Open. I think Adam Long could be a good play this week. Um, you know, a guy that is, you know, especially in a no-cut event and is certainly going to be low-owned and who has some good finishes on tour lately. So I will throw in Adam Long as well. Um, nobody else was written down, and so I can't really, uh, besides the ones you've mentioned, I mean, I, I do like Dylan Fratelli at 6,600. He's checking a lot of boxes, but he scares the hell out of me because I never can pick him right. Um, yeah. but I think Fratelli could be an interesting play this week as well, um, as long as he doesn't, Fratelli. you know, have a whole lot of ownership but he doesn't putt that great on bent grass but anyway so there you go that would be my 6k range that didn't stop him last week um no all right good stuff good stuff let's let's talk a little sports book now we've got some some earlier lines out with the tournament field being locked in sooner so um we can talk through some things i mean we're not going to talk about first round leader bets here because you don't do that before you get more of the weather under you know under wraps on like a Wednesday but you know outrights I, I don't really love a lot of the top 20 numbers they're not long enough for me with mm-hmm. the limited field there's one top 10 number I like and then maybe we can just talk through some matchups because I see some matchups now I haven't really had a chance to really dig in deep but they've been added here in the last couple hours so uh, we could do that I where are you going to start <clears throat> since you got mad at me for starting every category I'll let you start and hit me with a handful of your, your outright bets well, a couple of the shortest guys that I'll talk about here. Um, I like Matthew Wolf at twenty-two to one. Co-sign. I think he's yep. if, if you're going to throw some money on a shorter odds guy, I think that's about as short as I would go. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't mention him as a DFS play, but Daniel Berger at thirty-three to one. I think he's another one that's worth worth uh, playing this week when you're if you're throwing some money down. I like Joaquin Neiman at 66 to one. I think that's a good number for him. I like Bubba at 71. Um, that's another good number I think this week. You know, if you if you're looking longer than like the you know at the, at the longest odds, we mentioned Cam Smith. I like him at 100 to one. I think that's a good play there. Um, I, I feel like the longest odds guy that I would go would be. Probably Hoagie at two hundred and fifty to one. If you if you just want to throw a few dollars down, go Hoagie at two fifty to one because the guy can score. And I just feel like this could be an event like all of a sudden he could win out of nowhere. God, if he won I, this event, I mean, long shot season would be. This would be an epic long shot season. 
Yeah, so I would I would maybe look there, but that's about it for me as far as my bets, and then we can talk some matchups after yours. All right, well, I got a few more. I mean, I, first of all, complete agreement with Wolf, and I think he's as short as I would go. I do like the Bubba play um, at 70 to one. I feel like that number is going to be down pretty good. I mean, right now it's 70 to one on, on points bet, which by the way, if you are in New Jersey or Indiana, I think Illinois, Indiana, New Jersey, I don't know. Got it. I don't know. Just try it out. And you want to set up a points bet account. You can do so with promo code TJ250 and get a deposit bonus. TJ250. Uh, they've got a really cool game over there uh, as well as your traditional golf bets you're going to hear more about points bet from us in the coming uh, months I guess here so we really like what they're doing over there so TJ250 promo code there but Bubba's 70 to 1 on points bet um, so I like that call I, I'm going to keep going Louie I, I, I can't I can't stop I can't stop Louieing like every week I I want to give I, I want to be on Louie I just do. He's 45 to 1. You want to be on him? I want to be on him. I want want to be on Louie. 45 to 1. Yes. I'll take that. That's on DraftKings Sportsbook. Siwoo Kim, every week, 90 to 1. Points bet. That's a a good number there at 90 to 1. I don't mind it. I don't mind it, actually. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. And what did he finish? Eighth last week? And we saw, we we got some inside info. By the way, if you guys aren't a fan of Siwoo Kim, you should be a fan of Siwoo Kim. If you knew some of the <laughs> funny, funny stuff that we hear about Siwoo Kim, you'd be like, oh, my God, I love Siwoo Kim. He is hilarious. I would love to get him on the podcast. But we get every now and then information reported to us about Siwoo. And last week on, like, Friday night, I think it was, we saw something. And I was like, oh, he, just, he's, he is done for the rest of the weekend he's done. Well, he came out and finished eighth. Like, so I think he's gotten the Vegas out of his system. He's probably going to be focused. He's definitely out of his system from what we've seen. Sign me up. And then some of the names I mentioned, you know, at the the cheaper end of the DFS range, but I do, you know, when I first opened up the the outright numbers, I was like, man, I'm going to be staying like really tight in this middle range, which I I think I am. I mean, Bubba, Wolf is a shorter number, but Bubba, Wolf, Louie, I really like those guys. I might put a lot more, you know, I might put a full unit on those names, but there are some long shots that I like. I mean, I think Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors at 125 to one are both fantastic numbers. I talked about both those guys in the DFS section. Both are PGA Tour winners. Both have flashed solid form in the recent weeks. Both come into this event, a limited field, special invite only, no cut event, knowing that this has to be a, a week that they take advantage of. Uh, both can hit it plenty long for, for this course. Uh, you know, for, for Connors, it's all about the putter. For Hughes, it's like, can he hit a few more fairways and stay out of the water? Um, but 125 to 1 is a really long number in a field where there's like 65 guys that could legitimately win this thing, and those two guys are PJ Tour winners that have flashed in good form lately. So I like that. Um, and then a name I have not mentioned, but when you think about no-cut event, uh, need to be able to score, take advantage of par fives, Bombers are maybe at an advantage. Um, you know, a lot of volatility in this in this field in this tournament. Keegan Bradley is 150 to one on points bet. He's much. I think he's 100 to one or 125 to one on DraftKings. But on points bet, uh, he is 150 to one. And I mean, he almost. We saw a couple of weeks ago, or was it two weeks ago? The Sanderson, maybe. Yeah. He played. 
you know, played pretty well and um, almost won the thing. Like, I think he came out pretty hot in round one, and everybody was like, oh, here comes the full Keegan where he's going to suck it up, you know. But he finished fourth. But when you look at the stats, he is top 30 in this field in strokes gained approach, strokes gained off the tee, greens and regulation, and strokes gained par five. Top 30 in the field over the last 24 rounds. That's that's pretty crazy. Now, he's, he's going to miss – he's – you know, he's not going to miss the cut because it's a no-cut event. He's going to finish DFL or he's going to be, like, top 10. So, I think Keegan's an interesting number at 150-1. to one. Top 10 bet is – I got one, and it's Tom Hoagie because it's a longer number that I can get for a top 10. You mentioned him as an outright. I think that's a little ambitious for, for Hoagie. But <laughs> at a top 10 number, he's 14-1 to one on, on DK. So, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think Hoagie's got some upside. You know, he's going to want to play here uh, and, and show out. So, there you go. Let's look at some matchups. I think there are a lot of good matchups. Okay, tell me, tell me what you're looking at. Okay, well, I'll start here with um, – I like – you know, I mentioned on the – I like Rory as a DFS play. I like him over Justin Thomas, getting a plus number at plus 105. I think that's a good, a good play. Now – you know, it's it's close. I'm surprised JT's that much of a favorite though. Like one minus one twenty five. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty decent sized number. Um, I really love Daniel Berger at plus one hundred over Terrell Hatton. I think that I is too. a great like matchup number. play. Um, and, and I'm not gonna try to steal them all like you did with all the other DFS picks. But uh, is as much as I do like Victor Hovland. You mentioned Harris English as one of your mm-hmm. favorite plays this week, and I like Harris English a lot as well, so I didn't mention them, but they're in different ranges. But I actually do like that matchup of Harris English at plus 100 over Victor Hovland. I think that mm-hmm. could be a decent number as well. I like both the players, but I think I think English could – could end up who knows we'll see but um that's a close that might be a stay that, that might be a stay away bet for me i, I don't just know that I, see harris english at plus 100 imagine saying all. imagine telling your 2018 self that you would you would be so tempted by harris english at a plus number in 2020 that'd be yeah. weird anyway you've got some other ones i'm sure but those are the first ones that just kind of jump off at me um yeah uh I think the Alex Noren over Matt Kuchar at even money, I think that's pretty easy. Like, I, I love Alex Noren here. Matt Kuchar has not been himself whatsoever. Um, but, you know, and Noren's, Noren's popped, and he's a really good putter. Um, these are going to be, you know, pure bent grass greens here at Shadow Creek. I love that at, at minus 110 uh, for Alex Noren. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's – I like the a couple of the ones you said. Uh, almost, almost think I take the uh, the the heavy, the favorite Jason Day at minus one twenty over Ricky at plus one hundred. I mean Day's form has been off for sure, but uh, not it doesn't seem like it's been as wildly inconsistent as Ricky's. And you know he can always get. I mean both of them can always get pretty hot with the putter. I, I just. Ricky's minus seven and a half strokes with approach play last week is horrifying. Mm-hmm. So I think I might take J Day at minus one twenty. Honestly, yeah, I think I would pour I think, almost I all think, of my matchup bankroll into that Alex Noren over Matt Kuchar number. 
Yeah, I think the Paul Casey getting plus money, plus 100 over Matthew Fitzpatrick is also a decent play as well. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't mind Fitz, but I almost feel like anybody coming over from Wentworth and Fitz Fitzpatrick actually finished, I think he finished 7th at Wentworth last week, yeah. but he just um, he's a Euro guy that plays extremely well over there and so, shows flashes here. Paul Casey's way more experienced than than he is as far as just at least good finishes on you know tour type level events so i just don't know if i would i, I think fitzpatrick's a trap i used to love him too now I just, you sure did boy um all right well check out db's big balls betting card i think up 20 units i think it's 20 units or 15 units right now on the year um that'll be out on tomorrow afternoon kind of first look first thoughts and then finalized on wednesday afternoon you can check that out for free on tourjunkies.com i will uh i'll basically say look if you if you only had 50 dollars to spend on betting on golf here's where i would spend the 50 dollars. i'll tell you who i like what bets i like and how much money to put on it you can tail it or you don't have to so uh we just hit 151 hudson swafford though a couple weeks ago i would tail it we're, we're gonna hit this okay we're gonna get we're gonna get it going Pat, should we recap the member guest? Mm. Do we have to? I guess we do. Yeah. A lot of I interesting mean, stuff happened. So a lot um, of interesting stuff happened. We should probably go ahead and, and we'll you know we'll spoil we'll go ahead and, and bury the lead here. Um, we did not win. We did not win the member guest. We did not win our flight. If we did, that broccoli tree trophy would be sitting right here beside yeah. me the entire That's true. Because uh, if anybody doesn't know Champions Retreat, the, the broccoli cr tree on one of the courses is is kind of a uh, you know, just whatever you would say a staple to the course of the, you know the or signature hole signature hole. We don't okay. have a broccoli tree trophy. It's not no, we don't. Um, th there were so many things. Uh, first of all, I, again, you got to check out the Instagram reel that we put up at Tour Underscore Junkies of Pat doing the Fleetwood Mac Dreams Challenge. It is blowing up our 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 following on Instagram. The most successful thing we did all weekend was that. Yes, yes, and we, we did that on. We did that we on Thursday it. evening, and and yeah. you nailed it. And then that was it. Then after that, you nailed nothing. After that, no. really, you basically nailed nothing. You you nailed our hopes of of making the shootout. You did that. Um, you nailed a T marker one time. You uh, let's see. Anyway, um, so let's let's see where to begin. Where to begin? Uh, let's not let's, start by beginning with pinning it all on me, because there were certainly some things that you <laughs> failed at as well. Like, come on now. Well, I mean, I didn't. Let's start okay. with the first hole. We'll start with the very first hole. Okay. okay. First I of all, me and, me and Pat come out every time we do this. Every time. It's terrible. We have, I don't think of all the matches, we've now played 15 matches. We've now played 15 because we played in three member guests. It's five nine-hole matches. Which, by the way, we've won most of them. We won four this week, too. Yeah, we're we, out of yeah we win the match. But I don't believe we have ever come out and won the first hole. We either half the hole or we lose it. Yeah. I, we, we are the worst at that. So the very first hole of the whole tournament, par five, uh, I hit a bomb with a about a 15-yard draw on it that goes over the creek, OB, out of bounds, dead, because the hole goes right. 
goes 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 left to right, and I hit. Yeah, you you basically right hit a pull like a pull hook. Yeah, yeah. But Pat hits a uh, basically t- he tops his tee shot. He's nervous. He he tops it, and I mean he tops it. Mm-hmm. Just dribbles it down just past the ladies' tee. Then what'd you do on your second shot? I topped that one. Yeah. Oh yeah, he topped the second shot. That's right. He. What did I do in my third shot? Uh, you top that one. I top that one. <laughs> the first three swings of the whole golf tournament, Pat hasn't gotten the ball cumulatively in three shots, six feet off the ground, with a yeah. driver three wood three wood. Wasn't that it? Wasn't that it? Driver three wood. Yeah. The people we're playing with are like, what? What are we doing? What's what is that? So we both proceed to double that hole and lose. We both double the par five. That was our opening hole. Then DB gets it on the tracks. Pat leaves the station and never, never returns. Um, the next hole I par. The following hole is the one. This is this is the third hole. Pat is pissed. Okay, I'm already in full on counseling mode. I'm already, oh come on, man, tempo. You know, I'm trying to think of all the things. You know, counseling Pat. He's pissed and he's all this. I'm already doing all that. Third hole. He uh, tops it worse than he's topped it the whole than he's than he will yeah. have topped it the whole week. He hits it, I, barely it the worst top than my in my entire life. Really, the top dimple. The ball goes whoop whoop like six feet in front of him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then then this is the third hole of the whole yeah. thing. Then he snake rapes the next shot, just barely gets it out of the rough, out of the into the short grass. No, not even in the short grass. Yeah. Our playing competitors are up ahead of us to the right. Okay. Like they are looking yards up on the up on like a hill, kind of. Yeah. Up on a hill, and they're looking, looking for a ball. They were they looking were in for trouble a ball too. in the woods. They were in trouble. They're looking for a ball in the woods. Pat takes a three wood. He's so pissed, so pissed right now. Mighty lash with the three wood. This time, he doesn't top it. Nay, nay. He skyrockets. It just straight into the air, (laughs) straight right, and he goes four, four, just like at that same volume. No one could hear it outside of me and our caddy. Shout out Steven, man. Steven Walker, best caddy in in the business for us at Champions. I love the guy. TJ fan. He keeps the mood good. He's my man. Love Steven. Um, me and Steven heard him say four. Our playing partners did not. The ball goes straight up into the air, lands in our player, in our competitor's golf cart on the In fly. the golf cart. Just and it stays boom, there. And stops. It stays, disappears. Right vanishes. between the right golf bag and the cooler that fits in the, in the golf cart. Like, it stays right there. So... At that point, the question becomes, well, first off, I'm pretty much out of the hole anyway, but, like, what's the ruling? Yeah. We just said, okay, well, we just drop it right next to it. Like, we didn't like, even- we're just – F it. We're, we're done. Um, I made par on that hole, by the way. Made par again. Then on the next hole, the par five, I'm getting a stroke. Bomb my tee shot. Hit my two iron to 15 feet. Yeah, that was Drop the putt for an eagle net albatross. Yeah. This we have only played four holes. What we've told you right here. Now we're not going to go hole by hole. We've only played four holes, and all this has happened. The weirdest start to any tournament. We win the first match. 
we win the first three matches. Win the first three matches. Um, I chipped in from the bunker in, in one match great, on the very first hole. Shot. Chipped yeah. in for birdie from the bunker. And then in the same match on the final hole, to win that hole, we'd already won the match, but to win that hole and get an extra point, I'm in the bunker again, greenside, and I look at Pat and I go, I got to make this. I got to make this. I don't have a choice because the other guy we're playing with has a shot or we thought he had a shot, whatever. And I literally rolled it and it hit the pin and bounced like four inches. Bunker game was on point for DB. Um, Isn't that the same hole that I also almost chipped in? Yes. I hit the pin also, I think. I think I hit the pin also. It wasn't a chip. You putted it off the green. Yeah. And hit the pin. Yes, we hit the pin twice and didn't go in. Um, Also, I did on that same day in the last match, we had a par three. I can't remember the – oh, yeah. So, we had the par three that – What's the par three on on the the creek side? That so D- DB goes into the water, off the tee. I hit a good shot to like fifteen feet. I ended up actually that made like got us to. I got into the shootout, the par three shootout at the end of the day. On island, and so I, I missed that putt for birdie, but whatever. So that was a better shot that I hit. I hit some good shots that day. Let's not let's not yeah. forget that I did hit a few good shots out of let's nowhere. See. We were on the we were on the fifteenth hole of day one. We played twenty seven holes on day one. We were on the fifteenth hole day one, and Pat won the hole for us. And he looks at me in the golf cart and goes, "Is that what it feels like to win uh, to win a point for your team?" Mm-hmm. And I go, "Yes, yes. Welcome to the welcome to the twenty twenty member guest, Pat. Thank welcome you. to the member guest. The finally after the fifteen holes, I, I finally made it and I was there. But um, you know, one of the weirder days ever in golf for me like um you know when you play in these things sometimes you uh it just depends there's a whole lot of things like you you kind of can be relaxed or you can be feel a lot of pressure it's just there's a whole lot of different things i i felt more pressure going into this year than i ever felt a lot of that is because db like on a weekly slash daily basis was asking me how my game was and everything like that. So there was a lot of pressure that DB puts on you. That's very unnecessary. Like he could just like leave it alone and be like, whatever, we're going to see what Pat looks like. And he's probably not going to care. I've almost won member guests before. And my partner was the most, the guy that I almost won a member guest with was one of the most laid back guys you will ever see about. Like he would never ask you what your game was like going into it. And we almost won the whole damn thing because we didn't put any pressure on each other. Well, that's like, stupid. So there's and a lot of difference. In, there's that's a lot of different. Me. Yeah, it's it's a difference in philosophy. My thing is not to. I don't think I ever once. Pat, me once, asking you about the state of your game, you know, weeks before, had nothing to do with you topping the first three f- damn shots. No, it does. It actually, has a lot to do with it because no, you put it a lot of doesn't. There's yeah. no way. You think about that when you start a month or two beforehand. You're thinking about uh, me. You're like thinking about asking, all the pre- like, the, the, the so Pat, did you take a lesson? Did you take a lesson this month? Yeah, I, because did I you knew. Take, did, you, how many was, lessons did you take this month? How many yeah, rounds did you I play knew. this month? We played Hilton Head. You couldn't get off your back foot. I knew. I was like, you, Pat needs to, you need to take a lesson or two. You took one. Great. I thought you needed to take another one. Just to keep getting some good stuff in there. Either way, it's just it's just a difference in philosophy. Sometimes it just well, it works, and sometimes it doesn't. I'm not like you and be... I have always played. We pray like if you think about it, 
we've won 75% of our matches, but we always have like that one sort of blow up match that doesn't go well and kind of kicks us out of it, which is what happened day two. So we go, we like, you, let's, let's transition to day two. So day one's over. We get to day two. One thing that did surprise me going into day two was that I arrived at the course before David did. Yeah, that was, was very surprising. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was there and, and you weren't even there yet. The second that thing weird. that surprised me was then DB turns to me like we're in the golf cart or whatever. And he's like, I think I need like a screwdriver or something. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm like, whoa. We slept, we slept on the lead. We had the lead despite had how the lead. I went to bed early. You went to bed early. Yeah. Like everything was good. Everything was good going into the going into day two. You were a little nervous. You said I was too, but I'd already had like probably two screwdrivers by that point. Cause I knew like Saturday if I was still gonna drink. And we get to the first hole. What the, freak <laughs> the same first hole. Same that hole we started the same day first one. The same, same first hole. hole, same par five that we started. With two, we each got a double bogey. Same same day or the day, day yeah. before, same hole. The one we just told you about, where Pat topped the first three tee shots. I snap hooked mine in the water. The day before, we started our first day there. We both double bogeyed. This morning, uh, this, this is day two, we day had the two. lead. Now, at this point, we had switched orders because, mm -hmm. bef like it happened, it just as the day went on 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 the first day. It, it just turned out where we were having better luck with UT and off first and me and off second, whatever. So UT off first and do the exact same the damn same thing. Just nut one across nut the creek. One, just killed into it. the woods. Can't find it. Well, no, we found it. It was in the creek. Oh, yeah, we found it in the water. Yeah. You couldn't hit it. Couldn't play it. Yeah. But, but, but so after you hit, <laughs> what did I do? I freaking topped it again. But not only did I top it, no, I hit the T marker in front of us. <laughs> but here's the thing about this T marker. It is sitting at an angle where if you just hit it at the perfect angle and the and it's got the you know the, the embroidered the championship retreat thing. So it's, like if you metal. happen to hit it at a good angle, it actually can bounce the ball forward. So that's what it did. It hit it at the perfect angle Ding! and then Bounce it like like made the ding sound and bounced it like a hundred yards further. So then what happens? Actually, at that point, I'm like, okay, I cannot top my second ball in a row and then have to do this whole thing again. And I hit a decent <laughs> shot out of the rough. Yeah. I hit a decent yeah. shot, hit you the did. green, and I make par. Okay, yeah, let's go. You make par after hitting the team marker forty yards in front of you with another yeah. topped driver. Of, of which you had the tee barely sticking in. The, I thought that ball was going to fall off the tee because the tee's barely in the ground. Pat's got it teed up so damn high because he's so worried about topping it. I don't even know how you're doing that. I don't know no. the physics behind how you're doing that. And so, but then let's go back to you. So, David, <laughs> we, found, we found his, his ball. And it is sticking out of the water a little bit, but it's not like enough. Like, there's no reason to hit it. So, he takes his drop, and he's got this – what did you have into it? Like two maybe teams. A, like a forearm? Maybe? I had a forearm. Mm -hmm. So he's got a forearm. Now, if you look, like picture this hole. So he's got his trees on his left. 
you've really got a straight line towards the I'd green. I'd go over the trees, but yeah. Yeah, and then on the right, there's a creek that runs literally right down the side of the green with rocks and all kinds of crap on the creek. All the way so, down the side of the hole. All the way down the side. It is a very scary shot that he's hitting. Now, if he misses it right, he hits some fairway. If he, like, has a good yeah. miss. But if you don't have a good miss, you're in the creek. DB does not have a good miss. He hits it <laughs> solid. It flushed very it. Very solid. Yeah. But it wasn't a good miss. It is going into the middle of the creek. <laughs> but what happens? <laughs> it hits a rock and goes straight left and lands on, I think it was, was it on the green or just off the green? It was on the fringe 20 feet pin high. <laughs> yeah. The, and our partners at that point, we feel like they got to be demoralized. Yeah. Because I'm already like going to make a par. Because I think I hit my yeah. third shot to like yeah. 15 feet or so. I had like a, like a, not yeah. a, a difficult birdie putt. And then you had your, your we both We both end up making par. We both, we both end par. up making par on that yeah. hole. Um, yeah, and then those guys continue to bludgeon us for the rest of the match. That's how we lost the whole thing, is what it is. Uh, also, day one, forgot to mention that Pat tried to hit a ball out of the water because it was sticking up and we felt like we could get a club on it and advance it. That I did shot, advance it. You did advance it. Not out of the water. 20 feet. Um, that, that shot is on our Instagram as well, and he get water just goes everywhere. It's just an explosion. Um, so, yeah, and then match two, or our final match of the whole tournament that didn't matter at the end of the day, was, with, was against an, a member of uh, the Augusta National. Um, member of the Augusta National who we played against last year, very nice man. Um, played against him but I, I tweeted this that we were standing on the green and I said so and so um he's from Augusta and our family's my, my family knows his family and so we've known who he is and we're not friends but we know each other I said uh is Augusta preparing to Bryson proof the golf course and he looked at me with like this smirk like boy and he said no not at all. Not giving it any thought. And I don't think that what he's doing is going to be very long-lived, in my opinion. And I was like, huh. Okay. I don't, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't either, but I couldn't tell him that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's very on brand for Augusta to not care, but um, I, do, I do disagree with that. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting tidbit. You know, we had a great time, Pat. We had a good time. I mean, the member guest was fun. We we continue to put ourselves in a good position going into day two, and then it just the day two doesn't like. I almost feel like we we should. Well, I don't. I don't want to like be in a bad position after day one, but in the, but it's just. Yeah, we've, we got to come played, up with a better formula. We've played in it three years, and we have slept on the lead in our flight after day one all three years and the first two years went into our final match with the lead and lost um so yeah i don't know man i don't know what it is but this year i there were a lot of there were a lot of uh there were a lot of really really bad shots you know but we had a good time we we made some memories we made some memories uh it just wasn't our wasn't our year once again yeah. You know, 
hopefully we'll our livers will make it one more year and we can come back next year. Good stuff. I'm trying to think, are there any other there any other really funny thing that happened or any weird weird thing? There were so many weird things that happened. I don't know. I've never hit into a golf cart before. <laughs> never <laughs> that and topping three balls in a row. I know. Is that the first time you ever happened. hit a T marker? Have you ever hit a T marker in front of you? Never hit I've a never T hit marker. So that was the first two. That was the first. Um, that's cool. That's all, that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever not had a par through that many holes to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did uh I did on the uh the match against the uh Augusta National member uh have one of the crazier par threes I've ever had when I shanked my first shot off the tee. Yeah. And then yeah. so I had like a hundred yards it, in. It was a hundred and sixty yard par three. Yeah. Pat shanks it in the trees, in the rough. Me and the gnarly rough, partners, by the way. Yeah, They're rough. me and the playing the rough partners. Last week was terrible. Yeah, me and the playing partners are on the green. We're we're walking to our balls on the green. Pat looks like he's a mile away in the trees. A hundred yard shot in on his second shot into a hundred and sixty yard par three. And hits it to like fifteen feet. Yeah. And then makes the par, makes the putt. <laughs> I knew he's gonna I, I had a feeling you were gonna make the putt. It's the yeah. last match. We were out of the whole thing. So we who care like no, it didn't matter at that point. I was like, Pat's going to make this. It's so ridiculous, and it's going to go along with the rest of our, our week. Like, he's going to make this. So, Marcus Miklovich wants to know if Pat is considered a, quote, influencer after the Fleetwood Mac video. I would say he's trending that direction. The Fleetwood Mac video that Pat has done is taking off. It's taking off like a rocket ship. I think, you know, it could surpass Dogface, the guy that did the original Ocean Spray clip. Um, we had um maybe wildly will buy you a car that was so much fun doing that video actually we we thought it out pretty well and uh, we had some uh we only i think it was only take three i, I thought take one was good but then we we decided to change it up when we did like there was a take literally that's another there was one take where i almost fell off the golf cart because the driver was well, slinging me all over the place and i'm like eh, like <laughs> so like that would have been kind of funny if we got that content. That would have been funny. Yeah. We should – we really need to do this from now on. My first shot of the member yeah. guest on any yeah. day, like, needs to be yes. filmed. Like, I could yes. stripe it, and it's good content. Sure. Or, or whatever else could happen is good content. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, there's it, – there, we ha it's a it's – a, it's a win-win situation with and what I will, with I will give you props, and I will testify to this, that you were hitting it good on the range in the warm-up before. Like, both days, you were hitting and it in the practice just round, fine on the range and in the practice round. But it was literally the first tee, first couple holes, really. You had to shake out. You had to shake it out. We need to film that. You're exactly right. I am extremely disappointed in myself day two that after what happened day one, but see, then I knew, but then it's like, you'll be pissed at me for having the camera on when we're trying to compete in a match and you're already nervous and I already put pressure on you. And then I'm going to have a camera on you. 
But God, if I'd have had a camera on you when you hit that metal ball mark or T marker 40 yards in front of you that <laughs> catapulted it past the ladies' tees, like I, I would have loved, like that would be gold right now. <laughs> Absolute gold. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, or the or the the one tee shot, the third hole into the first day that you literally hit it four feet with a full swing driver. It went four feet in the air, four feet in front of you. I mean, just it was a it looked like a trick shot. It looked like a trick our, shot. And you, our partners, are, are not our partners, but they're our playing competitors wanted to like let me re tee. <laughs> you so- were so mad at that point. You were already so mad because the first two holes had gone so poorly. You were already so mad, but I couldn't help it. I, I don't know. You did that, and I just busted out laughing on the tee. I, you, I could not help it. There was no way. I was just like, hey, man, uh, no worries. Like, put, put a good swing on the next one. Like, there was no way. I could not. <laughs> oh, man. Mark Melton was there. We, we saw Mark. We, you know, a lot of people on Twitter know how, you know, if you've been following us for a little bit, you know about evil Mark Melton, the sandbagger. You know, Mark has fallen off a lot. I think the I think the the unwanted fame that has come about with the tour junkies putting him on the map as a sandbagging asshole two years ago has really caused him to take a turn for the worse. He is uh, he he's probably he's not he's not he's you know he's drinking a lot. He's a physician. He's probably going to, you know, he's probably going to, like, lose his license for some dumb thing. No, he's probably not going to do that. But, you know, he, he's he's in a world – he's spiraling in a depression because he's looking himself in the mirror every day and thinking about what a terrible human he is. But we have fun with Mark. He's He wasn't in our flight, so we didn't have to beat up on him. Um, but, you know, we enjoy it when you guys beat up on Mark in the, on Twitter. It's at M – it's a private account because he's scared. It's at M2, the number two, Melton, M-E-L-T-O-N, at M2, Melton. So go, feel free to keep doing it. Like, keep letting him have it on, on Twitter. All right, I think that's about enough of this. Pat, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Let's get ready Let's go for TJ After Dark. Yeah, TJ After Dark, presented by DraftKings. Check it out on their YouTube channel, where we're going to talk about some picks that we disagreed on just now. Uh, here for our podcast and we're going to talk a little sports betting stuff over there as well about a 20 minute video on the DraftKings YouTube channel thanks for watching thanks for uh for listening if you're still listening that that's insane but uh thank you may your screens be green for the CJ Cup we'll be back next week for the Zozo from Sherwood another brand new golf course that is pure AF in LA looking forward to that one have a great week see ya